You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey folks, this is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast. I just want to remind you about our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com. We have a Facebook page. We would appreciate it if you like and follow. Also, join our discussion group on Facebook called After the Shadows. We have a Twitter feed. Please follow us on Twitter. It can be found at podcast underscore from... Follow us on Instagram at From the Shadows Podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Go to the search bar of YouTube and put From the Shadows Podcast and please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network and we can be found there at odyssey1.com. We're still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. We also have a Patreon page. It can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash from the shadows. You can receive books, stickers, coffee mugs, and special content just for our Patreon subscribers. Check it out for yourself and see what packages that we have to offer. Well, that's all I have for you right now, folks. And thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows podcast family. So with that being said... Let's get this episode started. So, uh, Holler, we got some people that that reached out to us on social media. They're, they're anxiously awaiting the gunfight story. So you're going to have to tell a gunfight story, and I hope it doesn't disappoint. Well, it might. I don't know. You know, there's a, there's some people's threshold, as I've found since I've been a, uh, an active reader of Twitter. Some people's, uh, especially the 2A crowd, or some of the people out there, some people have a large threshold uh, of tolerance for gunfights. So um, his particular gunfight, uh, there was only one round fired, and it was over. But let me give you a little background about him, okay? It doesn't, it doesn't up, sound like much of a fight. If there's one well, round. you know, hey, I, uh, you know, a lot of times you can win or lose with one shot, right? <laughs> yeah. I Amen. mean, if you ever said movie American Sniper or whatever, I mean, he got in all the gunfights and usually fired one shot. So <laughs> anyhow. Let me tell you how tough this kid grew up. His dad had been, his dad was a successful body man 
by the time we were in grade school. But his dad had been to the penitentiary back in the 60s when they really locked you up for stuff. And I don't remember what he did. He stole some copper wire or something back in the day where you went to the penitentiary the first time you got caught, right? Yeah. But my buddy's uncle was a no-shit biker. He was an Alphastero, which is a sister club of the – I'm sorry. He was in the Galloping Goose, which is a sister club of the Hells Angels. Okay. So All this right. kid grew up with tough dudes, tough, tough dudes. I'm going to tell you how tough. When his dad got to making a little money, when we were about 8th, ninth grade, 10th grade, 7th, 8th, ninth, something like that, they built a brand. Where I grew up was, was nothing but farms, and now it's, it's really been subdivided a lot over the last 40 years. Okay, But at the time, we had a farm, and, and down the road a mile and a half or so, they were cutting up a piece of property and building these, uh, you know, houses with, when I say subdivision, five, six, every, every house had five, six, seven acres, you know, so it wasn't like they are now, but back in, you know, that's the way. So his mom and dad built a brand new house, brick. I mean, it was a big deal to have a brand new brick house back in the days, but it was a grass fescue field that they had built these houses in. So all of these houses appeared to be just sitting out in the middle of, you know what I mean? The grass. So the second thing people would do after building a house was plant these trees. So I remember his dad, Bruce called away, hey, can you miss back, you know, when you had to literally be near a corded phone to answer the phone. And he calls and says, hey, you want to come over here? And my dad, I need to help. We're going to help dad plant some trees. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, bring your post hole digger. And you know what a real post hole digger with two handles is, right? Oh, yeah. I've used it so, a couple times. <laughs> so I was invited, not necessarily for my physical prowess, but because I we owned a post hole digger and his old man didn't want to buy one. So <laughs> I bungee cord rope this, this. I start roping this post hole digger on, on, on the bike. And then finally, he, they felt bad for me. He called me. You coming? I said, yeah, I'm trying to find some rope to cut the tie this post hole digger on there and this old man said i'll come and get you so they came over and got me and we're digging these post holes and he's got a half a dozen i don't even know what kind of maple trees maybe whatever but you know how they got a big root ball yep and his old man went out and staked that we're gonna so we walked around and dug they weren't that deep right you know 18 inches across and a couple feet deep probably is all it was it seemed when you're in eighth grade it seems like a hell of a lot so, yeah, well, you know how it is, right? You're in eighth oh, grade, yeah. you think of things like hell lot. So I was in seventh or eighth grade, and he was a year and a half older than me. So, you know, I'm what, 11, 12, and he's 13, 14, right? So this root ball's got this burlap sack around it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and his dad's standing up. I finished. The, the hole he says i think that's good enough we set that tree down there and he says tells bruce his old man tells bruce hey you got a pocket knife to cut that and bruce and, and what he had showed me been showing me all week was he had a real switchblade and i maybe they were against the law at the time i don't remember but it seems to me all the cool shit was a no-no so whether it was against the law uh, really or just metaphorically but so like an idiot, because he kept telling me all week, hey, don't tell anybody I got this, as he's flipping the switchblade out, right? 
like a like real one of, the, what, one of those butterflies. No, like a Is real. It, oh, no, 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 like a real. Hit the button. Switchblade. Okay. All yes, right. Like a real. Oh yeah, because he'd we'd already been through the butterfly knives, nunchucks, throwing stars, seen it all, man. None at all. Right? <laughs> yeah. He had a real, and I forgot where he got it. I think the boy he got it from the his, he had a big sister, and everybody that had a big sister back then had degenerates sniffing around all the time, right? So of course, of he got course. it. He got it from he got it from his 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 sister. What eventually is before this kid was killed on a motorcycle accident. His sister's baby's daddy, but that was a rarity back in them days. So he had this switchblade. So he's sitting there on his knees. He pulls out this switchblade and goes, and his old man says, "Now cut, just just cut that twine at the top, and you can just un unwrap it, and it'll fall down in that hole, and just leave it, and then hand me that knife." And that's the way his old man said, just flat like that. He's telling him how to cut it. Just cut the string. Let it flap down and hand me that knife. And Bruce cuts it and flaps it down like he's supposed to. And then he makes a big production out of folding that knife closed and putting it back in his pocket. And his old man's just standing right there. And we're around this, you know, 18-inch hole with a, with a fruit tree in it or whatever. And his old man down and says, hey, did you not hear me? Give me that knife. <laughs> and Bruce said, no, it's my knife. And probably before he got the, he said, no, and my, before he got the knife out of him, his old man gives him just a short jab, pow, right to the mouth, pow. Yep. And Bruce falls down. Well, you know, you were raised by an old man like this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I mean, this is back when when shit was rough. These kids nowadays are are candy asses, but you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. Pow! And he said, "Now hand me the knife." Oh, I'm gonna tell you, he gave him the freaking knife then. So <laughs> <laughs> we go around. You know what's funny? We go around playing all these trees, and at each one, he's got to ask his old man for the knife. <laughs> His old man gives it back to him. You know what I mean? So we do that two, three, four times or whatever and plant all these trees. So that's just a little background to how tough this kid grew up. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Okay. So so his sister had this had this house trailer. And and I mean, it was nice. I mean, it's not like it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, people back in the days, I mean, you remember, I don't know what yeah. part of Ohio you're from. So. People used to buy a house trailer. So she yeah, bought a house nice, trailer. Nice house trailer. Yeah, yeah they used to and keep she them had nice. House tra- yeah. Keep them. And hers was, yeah, hers was in a in a, in a trailer park full of real nice, uh, nice mobile homes. And somehow she ended up, when her, when her baby's daddy got killed on a motorcycle, um, after that she was able to uh, buy a real house and get a husband and go on with the rest of her life. But she had this mobile home that she couldn't sell. So, and I don't remember if her dad had co-signed or maybe her old man bought it from her. It doesn't matter. That the, the typical thing to do is find a member of your family that you trust and let them live in this mobile home, right? So Bruce got to live in this thing, and it was it was is you know I can't call him Kenny Powers because he's not that funny. Okay. <laughs> 
but it, it could have been a skit. I mean, you could have wired it up and it would have been a darker version of Trailer Park Boys. I mean, it'd been like Trailer Park Boys meets Kung Fu or something. <laughs> because even to this day, I mean, I took my boys to meet him when I was moving back to Missouri. When I was when I was moving back, it was one of the first things I did to call them out. I wanted to bring my kids down there, and and I, I don't know if I've told you the story or not, which I it's a whole other story. But but I mean, it's samurai swords and and electric guitars and Harley Davidson motorcycle. You know what I mean? That's just his world, right? Well. A buddy of his and my big brothers that went in the Navy, and this, this plays an integral part of the story because he would be dead if it wasn't for this. Okay. These guys jack around with guns, too, now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, uh, and I don't remember if I – I might have worked in the jail by that time. Maybe not, you know, because I got – I started working in law enforcement when I was 21. I went to cop school when I was 20, and I got a job when I was 20. Anyway, this deputy that I know ran into me, and I don't remember. For some reason, I think I was working in jail. And I, he said, hey, we just left out there, lot 27. And I said, huh, your buddy Bruce? Aren't you buddies with that guy? And I said, yeah, I grew up with him. And he said, well, he's shot out there. I said, do what? He's shot. Yeah, we just went out for sissy ambulance and shooting out there and He's over St. Mary's. <laughs> and I said, whoa, 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 are you kidding me? Because these guys usually just act bad. They're not really bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know? Yeah, they're, they're, I don't want to say posers, but because they have the potential to be something, but they're just really, you know, they're almost too lazy to be bad at. They're too lazy to be real criminals. Yeah. And <laughs> the, the, sto- well, <laughs> the story he tells is, this is his story, not my story. He's sitting in a lazy boy watching TV, and I don't remember what article he was watching. And they were, they had just got done. I don't remember if they were frying, I think they were frying hamburgers in a pan. I don't think they were browning hamburger, but so he had been, and it's, and it's a common mistake people do when they play with guns. They unload them, play with them, and then load them back up. Unload them, play with them. And then what happens is if they do that too much, you don't know if your gun's loaded or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. He's sitting there in a lazy boy watching TV, and he was—he had a Ruger GP100. He still got it, a little, you know, two and a half inch, 357 Magnum. And he was—he was cocking it and pointing it at the TV, and then riding the hammer forward. You know how you have a hammered gun, and you got to hold the hammer back with your thumb and pull the trigger and ride it forward so it goes on. Well, he had done that a half a dozen times or whatever. I, I guess he was dry firing the TV. Then he loaded it back up, and he. And then he cocked it and realized that it was loaded. And and I and he didn't want to keep it pointed at the TV, so he brought it kind of down in front of him and went to ride the hammer forward. But I guess in his words, he was his fingers were greasy from that making him hamburger patties, and it and the, and the hammer slipped out from his thumb and it went off. 158 grain soft point, American Eagle soft. And he said, I said, dude, did it hurt? And he goes, I didn't even, I realized I got hit. I was looking at the edge, at the edge of my, I, I looked off the left arm of the chair to see where the bullet came out of. And that's when I seen the blood and I realized, and it, it went through his, it went through his femur. I mean, it shattered his femur. So, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the dude that's there with him, 
There's a dude, and you know it's funny. I just seen him. Uh, I just seen him at Sam's not too long ago. I went in the Sam's Club with my mask on. I always put my mask on in my hometown so people don't recognize me. And I was getting a cart, and this guy William called me by name, <laughs> and I got my mask on. And he goes, "You don't know who I am." And I knew who he was, and I hadn't seen because he's he's retired. He's in the Navy for 25 years, and now he's moved back home. You know. But he happened to be home on leave, and he was a Navy corpsman. And people out there that know anything about Navy corpsmen and Marines will realize that's the, if when you shoot yourself, when you lose your one-person gunfight, that's the guy you, you need to be with. You know what I mean? So they saved him, and he put this rod in his leg, and he's kind of walked with a limp ever since. You know what I mean? And what's funny is... I run to him at this gun shop the other day, and the gun shops are just absolutely full of the 2A crowd, and there's all these young kids, and they're buying AR-15s. They're, they're just buying, 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 right? And I, you know, here is me and him are two old dudes or whatever, and uh, we're standing there, and the guy behind the counter is an old retired uh, Army E-8. These kids were asking about something, and the dude, the E-8 looked over at us, the retiree, and said, hey, Ask something about gunfights, or I don't remember. They they were asking the dude behind the counter about gunfights, and then they looked over at us, and I said, "Bruce been shot." And Bruce <laughs> said, "Well, I got shot with a pistol, so it don't really count. I mean, I don't know about AR-15s, but dude shot me with a 357." And they go, "Are you serious?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah." Who shot you? He said, "Some old biker. Some old biker lives in a trailer out here. I'm not McCubbins, but it's another one." On Les Road, so he he feeds right in the story. He starts telling these guys, "Yeah, some old biker fucking around shot me over there. Hell, it's been twenty five, thirty years ago, you know." And they walked out, and he didn't have the heart to tell him that it was him. He shot himself, you know. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. So sometimes you just fight yourself, I guess. <laughs> I yeah, guess so. Man. I That's the, your so. worst enemy, right? Army of one. So yeah, you know, and maybe you know what? I get so much out of these. Every so often, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna give a tale of Bruce and and Mike and some of these clowns. Yeah, because uh, they're cute when you think about it. I mean, I I look back and it's funny. I mean, <laughs> most, most people will probably think it's a terrible story, but I think it's a great story. You know, I mean, if you haven't grown up with a, a guitar playing. Uh, a, a biker with a switchblade that, that living in a trailer and shoots the place up every once in a while. You haven't, you don't have any friends. I mean, you're sterile. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you, Bill Gates. You know, Bill Gates is on the news here lately. This all week, and I've been reading some of them. And boy, you want to talk about a vanilla dude? Talk about a waste of having all that money and be a plain Jane vanilla guy like that. Now you give old Bruce a half, of, not even a, a hundredth of what. Gates, you give him three or four hundred million dollars, and you'd have stories that make Elon Musk look like uh, uh, the Pope. You know what I mean? But <laughs> those guys never end up on top. I don't know why. <laughs> oh. uh-huh. Well, I gotta tell you, I don't think that's. I don't okay. think our. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think our listeners are gonna be disappointed in the gunfight story. <laughs> Probably, maybe I don't you never know. They might have a, their their palate for entertainment might be uh, <laughs> might be very high. Their threshold for their what's it called in the dope world? Their their uh, tolerance for entertainment might be so high that you know that they'd have to, to list some of them professionals. Mm-hmm. 
So, <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>